Heavenly Father, we give you thanks and praise for this day which you've given to us. We thank you for gathering us here together in this place as your people. We thank you and praise you especially for giving your word to us. We pray that you open our hearts and our minds to know it and receive it. We ask, Father, in the name of Jesus, that you pour out your Holy Spirit on us and on this place. I ask the Lord to give you words to speak. That my own words and thoughts might be forgotten. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Except for a handful of you uh, last week, which is the first time I think most of you will have uh, seen me, uh, my name is Fritz uh, Watt, and I am currently um, playing the role of the interim rector of uh, St. Dunstan's in Mineola. And, uh, and so I'm working for Bishop Sumner. Don't build the wall correctly, it's not square, if you don't 
And in the authority and power of God, he threw out money changers from the temple. Now you need to understand something about this. The money changers were there, and the people who were selling animals to sacrifice were there for a very practical purpose. There was a reason they were there. People gathered from all over the world. They came to Jerusalem to offer their worship. And they made sacrifices. And you don't necessarily walk for hundreds or perhaps thousands or more miles. Imagine walking that far. You're not going to carry a pigeon or a lamb all that distance. So what are you to do? Well, when you get to Jerusalem, you hunt around and you buy the best you can possibly afford. But when you get to Jerusalem and you come from Egypt or Syria or who knows where, and you have, it's like me showing up and giving a Canadian $5 bill at McDonald's. They just look at it and wonder what on earth this funny-looking thing is. It's blue, by the way, not green. So that, same thing would happen if you show up with money from some other place. And so there were money changers who were making exchange. So there's a very practical reason why they were there. The problem was, the practicality Their concern wasn't in helping people worship. Their concern was running a good, viable business. And they were good businessmen, and they turned the tithe profit, and they took advantage of those who were worship. Instead of enabling God's people to give themselves worship and prayer, their concern was with the bottom line, running a good, efficient business. And in contrast, we're told of the children who gathered in the temple who were singing praises to and for Jesus. And those who had come to him desperate for healing. And the scribes were angry about this because they upset the atmosphere of the place. They didn't follow all the nice little rules of everything. And so they challenged Jesus to say, why did you let this happen? Jesus said, how did you register? I and they're the ones who actually have it right. So again, there's this contrast of those who give themselves without reservation to the children, those who are hungry for the touch from God, versus those who thought they had it all together and wanted to be in control of their lives and the business of what happened. The living stones for the children, for those who are hungry for God, those were the ones that God We see the same sort of thing laid out for Jacob. Jacob, as you may recall, had a twin brother named Esau. And Jacob and Esau got along famously. In fact, Jacob had stolen Esau's birthright. He had fooled his father to steal Esau's blessing. Jacob wasn't exactly the nicest little fellow around. And he had been living his life just moment by moment. Taking what he could, getting what advantage he could, following his mother's advice to direct his life. And the moment came where things weren't good for Jacob at home, and it was better for him to get out of town. So his mother convinced his father that he should go and find a wife who wasn't from this area, but to go home. So they sent him on his way, and here he pauses for the night, and his life changed. He has this vision. We don't know what it was, it doesn't matter. Dream, a vision, a God 
moments of your life, the things that you do, the way you spend your life, you hand over into God's hands so that He's glorified, not to make your own plans come true. Now, most of the time, what happens is when we're freely given into the power of the Holy Spirit to do what He asks us to do, it's more fun than you could ever imagine. And harder. And those things go together. Why God doesn't leave us in our own strength to walk with us? Because what's going to happen is each of you kneels, and my hands are laid on you, is that we together are going to ask for the Holy Spirit to come and fill you with His power and His strength. And my prayer is that your ears would be open, and your spiritual ears, and your spiritual eyes. That just as Jacob had a revelation of God's call in his life, you would have a revelation of God's call. Maybe in this very moment, maybe in some other way, it's going to time. To understand that God has called you to be His. That He's given you a purpose in your life. That He wants to fill you with His presence, with His power. He wants to build you to something far greater than you've never asked or even imagined. And that promise that God gave to Jacob is the promise we hold on to as God's children, all of us. Philippians 1, verse 6, Paul writes this to the people of Philippi. I am confident of this, that the one who began a good work among you will bring it to completion by the day of Jesus Christ. I love that verse and I hang on to it because of the last couple of words. But I look at the mirror and I wonder, how far away did I possibly be? Or, oh wait, God's not back yet, we're still Yet he hasn't returned to God's story. So we hang on to that and we trust that. We choose to be in and be day by day. Lord, here I am, please me. And as we hear this call, or we read it and understand it, we also remember what he said a little later in that same book. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Not all things that I want, all things he asks me to do. Is a marvelous opportunity, a privilege to worship here with you this morning. Partly because 184 years is not, it's not a small thing. But also because I know that God has great things for you. And I pray that you'll take hold of those, that your minds, that your hearts will be open to things that you never even imagined. And ask you. Literally pray and ask. See, God shows. Let him do new things. It's a privilege because I get to be in this exciting place that I'm all experiencing being in East Texas. I'm also reminded me that I'm also simply a stone along with me. That God is building us all together, that we're a part of this great thing that God is Especially you guys. I know that when we ask, God is going to come, He's going to do something in your life. So that those who are about to be confirmed and saved come down with expectation in your life. 